Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Today, I interview Adam Cox, a serial entrepreneur, broadcaster, hypnotherapist, and speaker. And today, we discuss how to create more money by clearing your money blocks or beliefs and misconceptions that you have around wanting money, making money, and having money. Listen to this episode to gain more clarity and ideas around how to make more money, how to start your own business, and the importance of becoming aware and clearing any money blocks you have in your subconscious. You can find Adam's work on his website at adamcox.co.uk, or you can listen to his own podcasts. One of them is called Modern Mindset, and the other one is called the hypnotist. Very interesting podcast, that one. Those links are in the show notes for you to find. And if you enjoy this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and anyone who you think could benefit from this episode. Hello, Adam. Welcome to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, thank you for tuning in. First question I have for you is what elevates your soul? Yeah, I was thinking about this. Um, What elevates my soul? Definitely exercise, definitely fresh air. um, And I think doing something deliberately outside my comfort zone, you know, Mm -hmm. that makes me feel alive. If I know I've not done that thing before, um, that kind of, yeah, just kind of lights me up a bit. So yeah, those. Beautiful. Beautiful. Are you in your office right now or are you home? Yeah, this is my office, which is like two minutes from my home. So yeah, it's, uh, perfect. Are you in, um, downtown London or you on the outside? Yeah. About 20 minutes North of London. So it's, uh, it's a County that, that borders. So it's called Hertfordshire and it's kind of quite green and, um, yeah, quite, quite nice, but I could be in central London in like 15, 20 minutes. Nice, nice. Wonderful, wonderful. Can you tell me and the listeners what your story is around money and what challenges you've overcome around money yourself? Yeah, I think for, for, for me, as a child, I was quite entrepreneurial. You know, I would, I think it came from growing up in a family where there, there wasn't much money. Um, it wasn't that my parents were poor. It was just that um, my dad made a choice when I was about, um, I think 11 or 12 years old to go back to university. So he lost oh, his wow. income. Um, and then my mum was doing kind of like factory work. So it meant that in the household, we had very little money. And, you know, I think it was just the association of what a lack of money meant to me. It meant that it was linked to emotions like shame and embarrassment. I remember, I remember I was so embarrassed on one birthday um, where I, I got a pair of trainers and these, these trainers were, you know, they were not branded. And, and it, it, I remember trying to draw a brand on the trainers because <laughs> I was embarrassed at the trainer. And, and of course I got absolutely ridiculed at school. Um, yeah. So me having a lack of money was associated to um, not being worthy, not being respected, not you know, lots of undesirable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Being a bit of a, um, you know, know, kind of rejected at some level. So for me, I was always kind of interested in making money, but as a child, you don't really have have that much resources. So I would do things like, 
go to um, here we call them car boot sales. So kind of like where people will sell their kind of secondhand goods and I would go there and I would buy things, haggle and then sell them for a bit more. Nice. But it just kind of sparked off this kind of entrepreneurial. Um, you when you started doing that? Yeah, probably about 12, 13 years old. And then I got a, a couple of paper rounds. So delivering papers door to door. Yeah. And I was just kind of interested in all these different ways of making money. Yeah. Um, did you have I know, idea at that young age what you wanted to do with that money? Or did you, was at that point, was it just about wanting to collect it? Yeah, it, it was an interesting thing. So I, I remember distinctly, particularly the paper round, because the, the, the owner of the news agent, quite a clever guy, he would he would kind of give a benefit to the the paper boys that they could choose whatever they would want in the shop with no other customers there spending the money that they had just earned delivering papers in the cold. Uh, and he would offer that to me and say, Oh, you can go in there and have whatever you want. It's like, well, I could do that anyway, but I don't want to spend the money I've, I've worked hard for, you know, on, on sweets and, and things like right. this. So right. I would save it. And, and the kind of things that I was buying back then, I always had, a plan of something a little bit bigger. So I would yeah. think of a computer to buy or a printer or whatever it might be. So for yeah. me, even back then, I had this idea of, I don't want to waste the money. If I've worked this hard to get it, I want to kind of put it to some kind of good use. That was me as well. Yeah. I was like crazy about saving money. But when I look back now, I'm like, oh, it might've been like scarcity, scarcity thinking as well. Um, yeah. And I don't know, I don't think I fully adopted it from my parents. I think I don't know. It was just in my DNA cells or whatever. And I would like, whenever I got allowance or whatever, I'd get money for Christmas. I would like hide it so that like no one in my family knew where it was. And I just wanted to stash it. And I also had like this idea in my head, like, oh, one day I'm going to, yeah, like buy a computer or like something big or even more so like, I'm going to buy a big, beautiful home one day, like when I'm in my twenties or something, or just like use it to travel and have like amazing experiences with but yeah I never wanted to like and my older sister would always spend it straight away she'd like buy candy and whatever like little knickknacks and I was like no like I always wanted to save my money <laughs> that's interesting yeah. how we do that as kids it, it is and I, and I think you know some people um, are just wired that way where mm -hmm. you know what they associate with money is gratification at some level it's it gives them instant pleasure yeah. but only you know it, it gives them nothing as money but I think other people are wired a bit differently where they can appreciate that if they can delay that gratification then they can do something much more impressive with it than if they spend it straight away and they've got nothing left mm -hmm. um, and, and and I think scarcity is is one of the key things that makes people fearful as humans, as a, yeah. as, a, as a species, you know, we, we, we're kind of hardwired for survival, not happiness. So anything that could affect the quality of our life um, in a very negative way, we, we can be very um, fearful of that. And I think that applies to money. It also applies to food. And, and now with the lockdown, you're seeing lots of people hoard food. Yeah. Well, that's not something we're used to seeing, but it's, it's something that's we're seeing because... That's not something we're used to seeing either. That, that's a bit more strange. That's... <laughs> people yeah prioritizing a, no. a clean ass <laughs> over over you know hunger but but it, it's that it's that scarcity mentality and 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 people don't exactly. really like that did you feel that you had a scarcity mentality mentality around money yourself and if so how did you overcome that and has that changed the amount of income you're earning or money you're manifesting in your own life 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was riddled with all kinds of anxieties. I, I, I'd saved money um, as a child, but then as a, as a teenager, I'd kind of, um, my values changed and I kind of wasted it. And then um, at the age of um, 20, well, how old was I? About 21, I, I had my first proper job. And I've only ever had two proper jobs. Uh, I was working at a radio station and I just really didn't enjoy it. Mm. Um, and then I worked in a different company, a PR company. Um, and the boss was just like the biggest dick ever. Um, and I just kind of Which very quick blessing for you in your life, right? Because if he wasn't, like you might have Yeah, well, I'm grateful for it now. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He he was kind of a blessing for me. But but back yeah. then he was just uh, the, the most vile creature ever. And I and I kind of thought, well, he would abuse that power. And 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 there is a power dynamic in in, in a kind of employer-employee relationship. Yeah. Um it's just most employers don't abuse that. They treat it like a win-win transaction that actually both parties benefit if it's done right he didn't he had a very um fragile ego i think he was very insecure so the fact that he was the boss he would then kind of elevate his own significance and i just thought this guy is an absolute dick um so i kind of looked at that time when i had literally no money whatsoever i was kind of i was doing silly things to kind of avoid paying train fares so i could kind of save a bit more but i kind of decided back then that I would save the money to have my own business because I thought the problem of being an employee is that you're, you know, you're at the whim of someone else's decisions. And that felt a bit, that felt more insecure to me. You know, people talk about a job as kind of being a safe, secure job. There are no jobs that are safe, secure, you know, and we're, and we're these people that had safe, secure jobs right now, you know, they might've been fired very quickly because, variables have changed but it's not their choice to make they're at the the victim end of of those decisions nothing's really safe and secure though in life anyway like i feel like a lot of people are saying like oh like entrepreneur it's like this new thing now where people like oh like learn to create your own business and being an entrepreneur is amazing and having like a normal job working for someone else sucks but it's like being an entrepreneur and running your own business comes with so much more like pressure and stress because everything is up to you. Whereas if you have a job, you're like, oh, well, it's not really my company and it doesn't really matter if the company loses money. Like, you know, like it's, it, nothing's really secure relationships. Like nothing's hundred percent secure in life anyway, even your, your home, if you own a house that can burn down. So True. yeah, I just want to like highlight there's nothing's really that secure and safe. And for you personally, you've just had a desire to work for yourself and be an entrepreneur. Not everyone has that, but it's good that you found that within yourself and you respected that and you made an effort yeah, to do that. Yeah. And, and, it, and it forced me because I kind of thought to, to do two key things. One is that while I was working for uh, an employer, I treated myself like I was self-employed anyway, that I was kind of like a consultant working, you know, as a, yeah, as a self-employed person, but contracted by them. So it gave me that kind of self-employed mentality anyway. But also I was using the income that I was earning to, that was my, my seed capital to launch my own business. Um, and then at the age of 23, I, I, I did launch my own business, but I kept my overheads very low and that enabled me to reduce the risk. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, in the years that followed, the business kind of grew and then the money I made from the business, I bought properties um, nice. and then, you know, kind of invested in the, in the stock market as well. So but it all How came from have you been doing that business now for 
Yeah, so I was 23, so I'm, I'm 41 now. So it's about, you know, 18, 18 oh, you years. Younger. You look way younger. Okay. Yeah, yeah, 18 yeah. years. I'll One. take that as a compliment. That's uh, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> take it as what you want. Okay, 18 years. Yeah. And have you, you've never gone back to working for someone else? No, I mean, I, I, I've, I'm kind of, it's weird. I've, I've got multiple businesses. And can you um, tell us what your businesses are? Yeah, so I, I, I run a PR agency. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist. I'm a radio presenter. Um, like you, I have a podcast. Yep. Um, and I have a, a portfolio of properties, so I kind of manage those properties. Um, and, and, and they're the main ones, but I would say as a, as a source of income, I would say um, PR company properties and clinical hypnotherapy, they're my, they're my main sources of you income. You do hypnotherapy for people who want to earn more money or around their finances or what do you usually hypnotize them like yeah what so i have three main brands when it comes to hypnosis so phobia guru so i'm kind of known as someone that can get rid of phobias very quickly mm-hmm. um i have a, a brand for weight loss called hypno slimming and uh, i also have a brand for addictions called addiction experts um, what i do for people on, on money is i do workshops every now and then called hypnotic wealth um where it, it's it's literally going through you know, I start off by asking a, a metaphorical question. I said, right, who here has seen a time travel movie? And, and I, everyone's hand goes up because the genre is quite a fun genre. Yeah. You know, oh, okay, what, what's your favorite time travel movie? And you get everything from Back to the Future to Hot Tub Time Machine. And I said, right, if you had a time machine like that and you could go back 10 years with the knowledge you have now, what would you do to come back and guarantee that you're a millionaire or multimillionaire right. now? And people have very different strategies, but the strategy is never to go back 10 years in the past and get a job. That is never anyone's strategy. The strategy is to take the knowledge and say, right, I'd buy stock in Apple or Amazon. I'd, I'd you know, invest in Bitcoin, whatever it might be. You know, I would, I would do certain things. And then what we explore is why that would be a different strategy to what they're actually living now. And it comes down to one word, and that word is risk. Risk, yeah. The time machine, you, you have access to absolute clarity of certainty so you know what the outcome is yeah. so you, of course you're guaranteed to be a multimillionaire because it's like biff in back to the future 2 when he's got all the sports results you know he knows what's going to win so there's no risk yeah gambling isn't gambling if if you know the answer right. but then we kind of explore well how is it that some people are wired differently and have different beliefs about risk mm-hmm. um still take the very actions that you do with a time machine, even though they don't have a time machine. And it just kind of explores the different kind of money blocks that people have that get in the way of people being truly wealthy and and what that gives them. Yeah. That was my next question. What are some common money blocks that you hear when you work with people that gets in their way of earning the amount of money that they want to earn? Yeah. The the, the first one really is that it's risky, um, that they could lose it. Um, and it comes back to that scarcity mentality that we were talking about. You know, if, if people have worked so hard, um, then the idea that they could lose it um, doesn't compute. It's, yeah. it, it kind of goes against everything that they, they, they've kind of done. So it's kind of, um, so the kind of things that tend to make someone wealthy are investing or, or buying appreciating assets. That might be stocks and shares in the company, or it might be um, property or just assets that tend to appreciate in value. Yeah. Um, 
and and you you, you see you know and, and when there's a room of people i can kind of ask them and say well what stops you from doing that oh but what if the company fails what if mm-hmm. property prices go down yeah what if the what coronavirus if? hits and there's a pandemic <laughs> <laughs> that's it yeah. yeah that hasn't come up that hasn't come up in the talk so far but it's been but it, 12 but it's, years it's been fine for 12 years but now yeah <laughs> that's it so but, but again for, for those people that are wired in, in a risk averse way they they uh, this will be evidence to them that yeah just as well I didn't buy those those stocks and shares or yeah. just as well I didn't invest in whatever it might be because who knows what could happen in the world and these are belief systems they're belief systems about risk and um consequences but equally some people have beliefs about identity um and and particularly people that are are kind of wired in a very kind of spiritual way um they for some people there is a binary um you know kind of element that in order to be spiritual and and to be one with nature or whatever it might be means that they don't want to be that corporate or business kind of person yeah. that is kind of chasing money and, it, and, it, yeah. and it's kind of an, a, 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 you know, an alignment of values. And, and the reality is it's more like um, two different circles. You've got a circle of people that are wired very well, you know, well to kind of chase money and, and do well in business. And you've got these spiritual people, but you have got this very small grade area where they overlap in the middle totally. where you can do both. Yeah. Um, and, and for some people, wealth isn't about, significance and showing off or, or those kind of things it, it gives them in a position where they're free to make their own choices yeah. uh, and to contribute more to other people so in the right way mm-hmm. wealth can actually enhance what they're all about totally. but if they don't believe that and it doesn't align with their values and the caricature of someone that's wealthy isn't them yeah that can really be a block yeah and the hard part is is knowing what blocks you have that are in your subconscious mind that you're totally not aware about so for a lot of people and like me included, I'm like, oh, well, I don't think money is evil. I know I want money and money to me means freedom and joy and being able to help other people. And I still find that there's some kind of block and I know that it must be in my energy and my subconscious mind. I know I've like got a lot of it in my DNA from my family history so like, how do you work? Do you work with people with their like subconscious thoughts and uh, with your hypno- hypnotherapy or? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and do you and have a lot thing, of people who are unaware of their money? Oh, massively. Most people are unaware. Most people, okay. you know, it's, it's kind of like programming that rarely goes to the surface, but it's certainly shaping their decisions. It's shaping their life choices, but they've got no idea it's even you know, kind of in there, if that makes sense. So, so one of the things that I do, um, on, on the hypnosis side is that I've got a a hypnosis where they get to, um, go in this metaphorical time machine and see, um, different futures. They get it. They get to see a future of what comfort looks like for them, but they also get to see a future of what absolute scarcity and poverty looks like for them. Um, and, and linking that to, to misery, then they get to see what, um, you know, this, this kind of element of, luxury would look like for them now that's different for different people um for some people it's fast cars for other people it's big houses for other people it might be flying around the country getting to travel but then the 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 different future that is really crucial and really aligns with people that are are more kind of spiritual is um a future of generosity because you can only be generous if you've got something to give um and and that it doesn't always have to be money it's to me, it's like you have to, you're giving energy and whether that's 
your time, your knowledge, or your money. It's it's kind of the same. Oh, totally. I, I, I couldn't agree yeah. more. Um, but, I just but, like for people who are listening and they're like, oh my God, like it doesn't have to be money. I just want to like for those people. Oh, totally. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be money. And, and, and yeah. sometimes it is time. But, but equally, if you are in a, a poverty situation where you have to work, let's say, 12 hour days, and then you've got children that you're looking after, um, then that can impede your ability to give time or energy or anything else to anyone else. Because yeah. when you're in that kind of trap of not having enough for the basics, yeah. that's going to check, that's going to distort your priorities and, and how you spend yeah. your time. And, and, and people genuinely do get trapped in those kind of, you know, they, they literally call it the poverty trap. Yeah. Um, so I completely agree with you. It's not just about giving money, but, but sometimes poverty can mean that you can't do the kind of things that you would like to do. So that, that future of generosity is a blueprint, their own version of what generosity means. Yeah. Could be time for you, could be money for other people, could be um, something else for, for someone else. But they get to see these futures and then compare and contrast. You know, is there anything that doesn't sit right with that future? Are there anything that they're worried about? So when they've got it all, is anything coming up that's kind of getting in the way? So if someone's, you know, sees that luxury future, uh-huh. they see the big houses, they see the amazing cars, but then they're like, they, they feel nervous that they're going to have it taken away from them. Right. That's going to be their money block. Right. If we go to the future of generosity um, and they're getting backlash or hate from other people mm-hmm. because of jealousy or whatever it might be, then that might be the money block for them. Right. But you can only really do that by almost kind of, it's called future pacing or pseudo orientation in time, going to that future yeah. um, that is so-called desirable and then saying, is it as desirable as you think it might be? Because if there's anything that would make that future undesirable, that's a block. That's a subconscious yeah. block that's getting in the way um, that will, you know, at some levels you, you can self-sabotage that. Yeah. And what if they have this imagination of themselves in the future and it is as desirable as they imagine, um, but there is still some sort of block in the way? How do you? Yeah. Well, you've, you've got different kind of blocks. Sometimes you've got the block in terms of the, the process rather than the destination. So sometimes, hmm. you know, the destination It's like if you said, you know, um, to, to someone, what, what do you really want? And then oh, I want to be famous. And they really thought about what fame means to them. And it's kind of an invasion of privacy and that kind of stuff. That yeah. might be a future block that is in the moment that they hadn't even thought about. Yeah. But you've also got the process block. Um, yeah. And it might be that in order to become wealthy, there's certain things that you have to do, which again might relate to risk. So for example, if someone's wired for... In order to become yeah. wealthy, I need to waste my life away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, and and, it's, and it's, it's, there's different kind of values as, as well so if if you value um let's say um nature for example and tranquility and and kind of peace yeah. and you associate business with big decisions responsibility yeah. pressure and stress yeah. well there's, there's a block right there you know okay. and, and the thing is it's quite possible that there is a business that doesn't rely uh-huh. on being in an office or you know making stressful decisions and those yeah. kind of things but if you associate making money in business with that thing, which is highly undesirable for the individual, that will be a block. And there's so many different blocks, but the, mm. the, 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 the trick is to elicit what's the, what's the stumbling blocks for that individual. And a lot of the time it is fears. A lot of the time it is belief systems, but sometimes it's a lack of knowledge. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I've, you know, I've had people tell me pensions are risky. Well, pensions aren't a single thing. You know, pensions are, you know, just a financial tool to yeah. invest as a strategy for older age. Um, so a, a collective belief system that yeah. those things are risky. Well, of course, you're not going to put in a pension, but that might mean that you have to work in your 80s because you've got no income at that point. So there, there's different kind of things going on. And, and a lot of it is to, um, you know, elicit what, what kind of future they want. Not everyone wants to be billionaires or millionaires. Some people, they just want a comfortable life where they get to not have to work, but they can choose to work. You know, that, that's a good future for a lot of people. Um, and, and, and my job isn't to force my values on anyone else, but kind of as a good therapist, help them to figure out what they want, what's getting in the way of what they want, and then make the breakthroughs required to get there. Yeah, that's beautiful. What sort of challenges yourself has, have you faced through with your money blocks and things? I think, I think the first issue that I had being, um, a massive introvert, very kind of questioned, you know, when I started employing people, but 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 I had it I had an issue thinking that because I I had a boss that was an absolute dick I thought yeah. well um you know managing people is telling them what to do um so I so I had certain blocks there and and now you know because I like helping people you know I like you know um the moment I looked at it as kind of not telling people what to do but coaching them to do it better always looking on this win-win outcome well you tend to get a bit a bit more from people if it doesn't seem like you're the person saying right do that and that's not good enough but if you're saying right you know you you create a vision that's compelling for them that they want to be a part of you help them you know you train them you know so the blocks for me definitely at the beginning stages were about people um you know, people were like aliens to me to begin with. And, and, you know, you, you kind of figure out that some of the beliefs about people also aren't true in the same way that people can have beliefs about money, which aren't true. Um, and, and now, whereas before, um, I would have beliefs about, you know, people are lazy, people are this, you know, people are rude. Um, they're completely different now. And I think you do create a self-fulfilling prophecy when you believe good things about people, you tend to get a bit more good things back. Um, that happens a lot. True you receive what you believe. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. What are some misconceptions about money that people have? Um, I think one of them is, is about whether or someone is, is good or bad, you know, or greedy. Um, I think a, a lot of it becomes this kind of um, what, what's known in, 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 in maths and certain games as a zero sum game mm-hmm. that in order to benefit someone else has to lose. Um, and, and, and that's true in certain games. Like if you think of some games we used to play when you were a child, if you win, someone else loses. Now the game of money isn't really like that. The game of money in most cases, and it can be, you know, in, in, in currency investing, for example, it's a zero sum game, uh, in poker, it's a zero sum game. So Mm -hmm. if you have all the money, someone else doesn't have that money. And if you have belief systems that you want to create value in the world and not exploit or take um then that's going to be a big a big kind of misconceptional block that gets in the way yeah but you know i i prefer to think about money as kind of um it it can grow um in a synergistic way if value is created on all on all sides and you know at a most basic level 
that can happen in all different areas. That can happen in a home. That can happen in a in a town. That can happen in the country, because you the the all the ingredients create something of way more value than the sum of its parts. So if you think about a house, for example, well, the bricks and the labor, when you add all that together, the house is worth more than all the bits that went in there. So you've just magicked up value from nothing. Yeah. That can happen in business. You know, Facebook, for example, didn't exist, what, 15 years ago. Yeah. And someone had an idea. Uh, and then that idea is worth billions and billions, you know, of, of dollars, pounds now, purely because at some level, it, people find value from it. And I think that's the way of thinking about money that can get rid of a lot of blocks is to think of um, how can I create value for other people in a way that they're not currently receiving now. Um, and that can happen in a real micro level as being a individual entrepreneur thinking, how can I use my skills, my beliefs, how I see the world to help other people? And you'll be surprised at how many people are willing to pay for that. Or it could be on a bigger scale and you can say, right, how do I make my little dent in the universe and, and change the world in my own little way? Um, and, and that can also create huge amounts of value. But the, 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 there's three main ways that people can really become wealthy. Um, and it comes down to um, assets. So things like property, for example. Um, it, it's things like businesses or a share of businesses like the stock stocks. market assets, is, does it, is that in the same Yeah, way? totally. I mean, the, the stock market... If you, if you look at it as the stock market rather than commodities, what you're, what you're saying there is that you get a share of a business. Yeah. Uh, and that share of a business, if the business is doing well, is an appreciating asset. But sometimes businesses fail. So it's kind of knowing which is which. Yeah. Um, which, which is sometimes more luck than judgment sometimes. But it's definitely yeah. an appreciating as, a, uh, asset in terms of a business. Yeah. Property can be, if you buy a, a, a dilapidated property that's falling to bits, yeah. well, that's not a good investment. But some properties get increase in value so it's property uh, businesses and and the the key barrier that that can come up at that point is they say well you need money you need money to make money is a popular belief that people have yeah um because you either need the money to buy the house or set up the yeah. business or buy shares um and the way around that um is um intellectual property which is also a form of property but someone can um come up with an idea turn that idea into music or writing mm -hmm. jk rowling is is one of the the richest people in in britain um she didn't what money do you need to start turning an idea into into a book you know that's intellectual property right. uh, and an intellectual property i think is one of the most underestimated forms of value you know look at any of the you know very successful musicians you know they they turned an idea um, they fuse that with different kind of things and then they found an audience and, and that could make them hugely financially successful. Yeah. And most musicians, they don't look like business people. They don't, you know, all those <laughs> yeah. kind of associations that you would have. Artists, they, yeah. Yeah, they're, 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 they're coming from a different place, but that doesn't mean they can't be wealthy. Exactly. Um, so intellectual property for those people that are thinking, well, I don't really want to be a property investor. I don't really want to be a business person. Yeah. Well, I, I would just look at, how you can take ideas um, and, and create something which people like and are willing to pay for. And, and there's never been more platforms that exist to turn ideas into, into money. You can self-publish a book. You can you know, create art. You can do lots of things. Lots of people have Etsy accounts and they're coming up with incredible um, you know, things that people want and people are willing to pay for them because it is unique and they can't buy it in shops. Um, so I'm a big fan of taking 
whatever someone's form of value and, and, and how they can kind of make a positive impact, well, that can be monetized yeah. and, and charge your worth. That's another one of the key blocks that gets in the way. People feel ashamed or embarrassed to ask for money for what they do. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. I'm getting like all these like ideas right now. I'm like, Ooh, I could like create like a clothing logo to go with my podcast and then to go with like coaching and then to go <laughs> because you can create so many things that kind of intertwine together as well. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Cause a lot of people have the belief that like in order to make money or be successful, you need to only do like one thing and put all your energy into one project and not mm. do many different things. So yeah. And, 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 and that's good for some people. For, for me, I'd get bored just doing one thing. So, you know, I, I like the, the challenge of having different place spinning in different areas because it keeps me on my toes, you know, and, it, and it's not just about making money. It's kind of like, well, what does money give you? Yeah. Well, for me, it gives me, you know, a feeling of freedom, security, you know, but, but equally, it's a way of judging what people want, you know, and, and if you look at it as a, as a game, where instead of points it's it's money well the impact you have on the world can be at some level put a price on because people are willing to pay for it yeah so it can be a little scorecard in a in in, in the game of life yeah beautiful beautiful if people want to connect with you and ask you questions or work with you how do they find you on social media yeah. So, um, Facebook, if you look for Adam Cox, um, there'll be a bold guy. C O X. That's right. Um, or adamcox.co.uk, uh, is my website. And then that links to my other websites and, and that kind of stuff. So that's probably the best place. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> Thank you. For the and invite. what is the name of your podcast? So I, I now have two podcasts since we last spoke. Oh, uh, my, yeah, I'm, I'm greedy. I, I want to do more. Um, so my, th there's a podcast where I interview people called Modern Mindset. And, okay. and the whole premise of that is that I want to pick the brains of people that think very differently to me, but that I can learn from and, and my audience can learn from. Nice. So that's Modern Mindset with Adam Cox. And then I've launched uh, one literally yesterday called The Hypnotist. Okay. Uh, and, and I've, over the last few years, I've worked with hundreds of different clients. And, you know, I, I love audio and um, tech and I recorded all of those sessions on quite good microphones and I thought well nice. how can I create even more value so all the, the podcast really is me giving a three four minute explanation explaining what issue genuine issue that client had yeah. and then you hear the actual hypnosis session that that client experienced from me oh, and, cool. and I charge about you know two three hundred pounds per session so you're getting that same hypnosis that someone else paid a lot for for free so it's quite it's quite good from that perspective and that's called the hypnotist the hypnotist i'll get you to send me that link after the podcast and i'll put those links in the show notes as well for anyone who wants awesome. to find the podcast perfect thank you so much thank you